is coming up now on Established in the Faith. Many of you have got so much to do, you don't know if you're ever going to get caught up. Let this preacher tell you something today. There's coming a day when you're going to get caught up. We're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to if you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians. We're going to continue with our subject, God's prophetic time clock. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Move down, if you will, to verse 13. And the Apostle Paul said, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And today, we're going to take a look at the resurrection rapture of the church as we deal with God's prophetic time clock. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I dare not embark upon this message without asking for the anointing of your Spirit to rest upon me. Lord, I thank you for this of which you have given unto us, this hope made possible through and by your Son, Jesus Christ, that died on Calvary's cross. Lord, today as we attempt to try to minister these words today, Lord, I ask for your anointing to rest upon the people, Lord, that we might hear and receive of your word and be drawn closer to you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. Man, the highest of God's creation, the most complicated of God's creation. God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. You do not have a soul. You are a soul. And you have a physical body. 
You are more of a spiritual being than you are a physical being. You're made up of a spirit and a soul. The spirit of man is that which knows. The soul is that which feels. It is the seat of the emotions. The soul and the spirit are so intertwined, and the soul and the spirit cannot be separated, and we'll never die. In a million years from right now, you will still be alive somewhere. Now, when the fall took place, when sin entered into the picture, God put two trees in the Garden of Eden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of life. Of any tree in that garden, Adam and Eve could have partook of and eat of. They could have partaken of the tree of life. It is believed that tree of life had some type of life-sustaining properties which would aid the physical body to where it could regenerate and your physical body could live forever. Had we access to that tree of life today, but Adam and Eve partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and God said, In the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. Death is not a ceasing to exist. We need to understand what death is. Death means separation. Death does not mean it's over. You'll never see that loved one again. Death means separation. This, this coat that I'm wearing today is like my physical body. There will come a day and an hour in which I will lay it down. But my soul and my spirit will live on. Death is simply separation. Understand that. The soul and the spirit leaves the physical body. There are things going on in this world that damages the physical body. This, this world is under the curse. These bodies, over time, they do not produce the hormones like it used to. See, that explains why some of you feel like a nut, and sometimes you don't. That's why some of you act like a nut, and sometimes you don't. That's why I look across this congregation today, and I see some with gray hair. I see some with no hair. I see some that are getting there. <laughs> These bodies wear out. There comes a point in time not having access to that tree of life. These bodies give out. And the soul and the spirit separates from the physical body. But have no fear. 
you. That which really makes up you will still be alive. Now wait a minute. There's a problem with that. Because of sin, there is death. And death refers to being separated from God. Separation from the physical body is one thing, but to be separated from God, the one who gives life, to be separated from Him for all eternity, to be in a lake of fire for all eternity. Our minds cannot comprehend that. But much of the human race sadly and regrettably, has died and gone to that horrible place called hell. And there are some of you listening to me right now, and you say, Brother James, that's what I've really got a problem with. How can a loving God do such a thing? If God is a God of love, how can He allow much of this human race To go to that horrible place. You've got a point. If God had a stop right there. But he didn't stop right there. He sent his only begotten son. Jesus Christ. Born of a virgin Mary. He did not have that seed of the sin nature in his life. He was able to live a perfect life. That made him fit to be a perfect sacrifice. And he died on Calvary's cross for you and I. Sir, God loves you. You're there in that cell right now with so many others just like you. He gave His only begotten Son. He bankrupted heaven for you. Jesus Christ, dwelling in an aura of light that no man could approach unto took upon Himself the likeness of sinful flesh. Took upon Himself a physical body. He will never be back like He was in the very beginning. Even though now He he died on Calvary, raised from the dead the third day, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father in a glorified body. The scars of our redemption are still there. Those nail holes are there in His hands. You will one day see the stripes that were placed upon His back for our redemption. You will see that womb in His side. Jesus did that to save our souls. So that when that moment of separation takes place, 
The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But that is only for those who believe in Jesus Christ and what He did for us at Calvary's cross. Paul said, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Concerning those who have gone through this process of separation, that process of death. Sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe, there you go, there's the key. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, those who have died, their physical body was buried, it says that God will bring with him, that is the resurrection, glory to God. That soul and that spirit is with God in heaven. And there is going to be a reunion. I said there's going to be a reunion. There's going to be a homecoming. Are you hearing me today, church? There's coming a great reunion. There's going to be a meeting in the air. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Some of you in this place, many of you listening by radio, you have lost loved ones to the grave. When they died, they were not themselves. They were not as you would like to have remembered them. Some of you were caregivers. You had to do things for them and help them. Their minds would come and go and things were said. Let me tell you something. When the resurrection takes place, there won't be any more feeble knees. There won't be any more Alzheimer's. They won't need any more hearing aids. No more wheelchairs. No more walkers. The Bible says they will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. That means that the sin nature will be removed. All corruption from the physical body will be removed at that moment when the resurrection takes place. Change. This corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, 
Then shall be brought the pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? That's the resurrection. And then Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 17, We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. How many of you have got so much to do, you don't know if you're ever going to get caught up? Does anybody in here know what I'm talking about? Let this preacher tell you something today. There's coming a day when you're going to get caught up. Glory to God. We're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means that multiplied millions of people around this world are going to instantly disappear. And there's not going to be any explanation for it other than aliens came and they are right. Because there is one that is foreign to this world and his name is Jesus Christ and he's coming back in the air and he's going to take those who believe in him out of this world. Glory to God. Brother James, you mean you're so weak-minded you believe that? Yes, I do. I believe it because this book says it. And I just read it to you today. It's going to happen now. The question is, when? That we don't know. But I can tell you, we're close. There are several schools of thought on the resurrection rapture of the church. Think about it for just a moment. When millions of people are instantly taken out of this world, that's going to be a very catastrophic event that takes place. I mean, there's going to be people driving down the road that's got their cruise control set, and they're raptured out, and that car goes unmanned down the highway. There's going to be airplanes flying in the air, and that pilot was saved. Hundreds of people on that airplane have no pilot. One catastrophe right after the other. It's going to go into the great tribulation period. Jesus talked about the great tribulation. Tribulation such as the world has never known before. Now, three schools of thought on the tribulation. There are those who believe in a pre tribulation rapture which means they believe that the rapture will take place before the tribulation begins you have those who believe in a mid tribulation rapture which means that we've got to go through part of the tribulation period and be raptured out sometime in the middle of that seven year tribulation period and then there are those who believe in a post tribulation rapture which means it'll be after the tribulation period or at the end of the tribulation period i believe in a pre-tribulation rapture the rapture will take place first before 
the great tribulation period begins. Now let me give you some scripture and some reasons why I believe that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9. Dana, if you will, pull it up on the screen. The great tribulation period is going to be a time when God pours out his wrath upon this world. And he judges sin. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 9 says, For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that comforting? God has not appointed us, those of us who believe, to wrath, but that we might obtain salvation. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6. And now we know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth, or hinders, will let or will hinder until he be taken out of the way. The church is what is hindering the rise of the Antichrist. It goes on to say, And then shall that wicked be revealed. Speaking of the Antichrist. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. The church being present in the world right now is what's holding back the Antichrist from taking over the world. I believe that somewhere in the world right now, the man of sin is alive. He's behind the scenes. We don't know who he is, but I believe he is alive. And when the church is raptured out, this man is going to step on the scene. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. Another reason why I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. In the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 19, we have the key to understanding the book of Revelation. Jesus told John to write the things which you have seen, the things which are, the things which shall be hereafter. Chapter 1 deals with the vision that John had of the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapters 2 and 3 deal with the churches or deals with the church age. And then in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1, John said, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me. That's the trump of God. Which said, Come up hither, and I will show you the things which must be hereafter. Hereafter what? Hereafter the churches. Here after the church age. And here is the thing. From Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1, there's no more mention of the church being down here on earth. However, it is represented by 24 elders up in heaven, seated around the throne of God. Praise God. Pre-tribulation rapture could take place at any moment. Now, who is going? What are the qualifications for going? The dead in Christ shall rise first. 
than we which are alive and remain. Are you in Christ Jesus? Is your faith in His finished work? All right? Now, there are some of you listening to me right now. You accept what I've just said. But you're denying the power of the Holy Spirit to work in your life and to make you into what you ought to be. The Bible talks about in the last days men having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Denying the power of the Holy Ghost to change you and make you into what you ought to be. And I ain't got time to get into it this morning because we've run out of time. But Matthew chapter 25, Jesus told the parable of the ten virgins. Five were wise. They took oil in their vessels. And then there were five that were foolish who didn't have any oil in their vessels. And when the bridegroom came... Those that had the oil, the oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Are you in Christ Jesus? Are you allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to work in your life and to make you into what you ought to be? And what you ought to be is a light to this lost and dying world. If you are, when the trump of God sounds, Praise God, you're going to be called up to meet the Lord in the air. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299. Four two three four. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry go to establishedinthefaith.com click on the donate tab it's easy and all donations are safe and secure through paypal you can also mail us at established in the faith p.o box 601 bailey north carolina 27807 we look forward to hearing from you And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina. Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.